Hey everyone, today I'm going to chat about lessons in peacemaking. Let's face it, in a turbulent world of instability and despair, there needs to be a strategic interest to strengthen ties of collaboration and cooperation. Don't you agree? The global community is generally more receptive to peacemaking, friendship, and economic prosperity over the endless conflict that brings about nothing but misery. Everyone is talking peace, including lately Pope Francis, who gathered leaders of world religions in Rome last week for an international prayer meeting for peace and a signing of the Rome 2020 Appeal for Peace. I've written extensively and spoke about this over the last little while about peace in the Middle East because I think in a world of oppression and depravity, we all need hope, don't we? Despite political and social turmoil, war, declining democracies, we have to dream and strive for a world of peaceful coexistence. Otherwise, what do we have? That requires a focus on the good, a celebration of humanity, the wins, the wins that we have, and continued reinforcement of positive steps for the betterment of humanity. Perhaps, you know, I'm saying this, and perhaps it was a sentiment alongside historic developments in the Middle East that buoyed Pope Francis to gather faith leaders and encourage global cooperation. And despite the naysayers, there is an emerging paradigm shift in the world, in the human condition today. Wouldn't you agree? We're all reflective, we're all thinking, Corona has us. Perhaps it's my own rosy and optimistic, wishful thinking, probably is, that despite the odds, humans can rise from the primal need of conflict. Either way, if promoting peace can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, why not? Why shouldn't we talk about it? Why shouldn't we try to reinforce it? Why should we focus only on the negative? But let's be honest here. Sudan's seemingly hesitant acquiescence to peace with Israel, for example, at the end of last week is nevertheless significant. After all, this is a country that hosted the infamous Arab League conference in Khartoum in 1967 that, we have to say unabashedly, declared no peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiation with Israel. But common sense eventually prevails. Real politic, they call it. Finally, it became a factor for Sudan country that has now found itself desperate for cash, desperate to feed its people, and most importantly and significantly, desperate to be removed off of the U.S. terror list. You know, they say necessity is the mother of invention. I think, if you ask me, in the Middle East, necessity is the mother of peace. And when peace happens in that region, it happens expediently. 
At the same time, Israeli negotiators were in Khartoum last week hammering out a peace deal and Itihad Airways plan landed in Tel Aviv carrying a UAE delegation. Isn't that just amazing? Can you imagine that? After decades of hate and, and, and intolerance, a UAE plane lands in Tel Aviv. How miraculous that is. And to make matters even more amazing, multiple agreements were signed, including a $3 billion fund for regional development. And at that same time, that same week, again, as if it's prophecy, an El Al Israeli plane touched down in Bahrain, and it brought with it a delegation of Israeli diplomats to also sign trade agreements with their Bahraini counterparts. But you know, I was thinking, you know, how does this compare to other peace agreements or trade deals that have been done if we look at it in hindsight? Because on the sidelines of these achievements and exceptional strategic peacemaking is a partnership that we could look at that is maturing. That partnership is with India and Israel. And it's a blossoming friendship that stands as a model of success for what the Abraham Accords will look like in two years from now. Diplomatic entreaties between the two nations began on the sidelines of the United Nations in 2014, when Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with Narendra Modi. This was followed by Modi's historic state visit to Israel in 2017 and Netanyahu's visit subsequently to India the following year. Israel's dynamic business savvy ambassador to India told me that the relationship between the two nations has accelerated at warp speed recently. I called up Dr. Ron Malka who is um, in New Delhi and he is um, Israel's ambassador. This man was the acting chairman of the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, among other highly coveted roles in Israel. And he told me about the developing strategic relationship with India on issues like food, water, science, and agriculture. The two nations being democracies have many shared values and, of course, strategic military interests. India overcame, in fact, the psychological barrier with Israel over the Palestinian issue. Because for decades, even while India was at peace with Israel, and they had, they had never had any conflict, there was always the barrier of the Palestinians. And that restricted India from reaching. But everything has changed these days. Ambassador Malka said, that India has now de-hyphenized the matter in order to normalize relations with Israel. We may not agree on everything, but we can work together on many projects and respectfully discuss issues that have strained us previously. Today, for example, Malka proudly said that Israel operates in 29 agricultural centers, educating some 147,000 Indian farmers on the latest farming and water irrigation technologies. That diplomacy has translated into results.
For example, when the COVID-19 pandemic hit with India's help, Israel was immediately able to airlift thousands of young Israelis home from the remote areas of the country. For its part, India also supplied Israel with much needed raw materials for the medicine and for medicine and is currently conducting joint research cooperation on rapid tests to diagnose COVID-19. And concurrently, Malka says that as a goodwill gesture, he personally flew to Israel and brought back to India life-saving medical equipment for a local hospital. Now that's friendship. That's the way you do peace. And we need to supplant the world in a culture of peace. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said, a culture of peace is inseparable from human rights, respect for diversity and fair societies. Even while human history is fraught by conflict and war, we must learn to overcome our tendencies. And man, do we have some bad tendencies. That comes about through peacemaking, cooperation and collaboration and an intense desire for mutual engagement. The world needs this now more than ever. And that's what I'm selling today. More positive energy in the world, more lights, more candles to light the darkness where we can turn our attention to hope, to goodwill among humanity and that we should make the world a better place. Have a nice day.